Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 138. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm just waking up from a primo 20-minute dad nap on the couch. Ooh, that sounds just, good. I've been feeling a little run down today. It's not any illness or anything. I just I didn't get enough sleep the last three days. I got good sleep last night. The two nights before I did not. Uh, and so <clears throat> I think I, just, I sat down on the couch, was going to watch some Parks and Rec with my wife, and I, I guess I got too comfortable, and you just do that one thing where you're leaning, and the next thing you know, like, she's waking you up going, hey, are you, did you just sleep? Yeah. No, I slept for 20 minutes. It was amazing. Yeah, it, it happens, and that's uh, completely fine. Yeah. Better than falling asleep on the floor like I used to do. You know, I was at least on the couch in a comfortable position, not on the hardwood floor, just done and out. So step up. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, went on a couple walks with the dog today, which is always the highlight of the day, and uh, just plugged away at my Excel sheet like the minion that I am. <laughs> Excel can be fun sometimes, but it can also be mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, I did not like it, so I am excited to talk some New York Islanders and forget about my day staring at a worksheet. Good times. Uh, so we're going to switch up the quiz a little bit. So instead okay. of revealing... Who I'm going? Who who this episode is dedicated to? We will dedicate it to them later because the way we're going to do the quiz, instead of knowing who the person is, I'm going to try to get you to guess who the person is. You have five clues, and they get progressively easier. Uh, and by easier, I mean like reveal who it is. Uh, I see. The longer it goes, so hopefully you can get it on number one. Although I doubt it. Um, so it'll be fun. This is the 130th episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. So someone who's played 38 games, just already I'm giving you a clue. They've played 38 games for the New York Islanders. There you okay. go. All right. I'm excited. I like a little bit of a change. So let's get into the episode. We want to start with someone who says that he's coming over to the New York Islanders. He's from Russia. It's not Ila Sorokin, but Anatoly Goloshev also wants to come over to the New York Islanders, but in 2021. So he says, Mitch, what are your thoughts? Uh, cool. Just like Sorokin, I'll see it if it happens. Uh, and it's not like this guy is at the same level as Sorokin. Obviously, they no. played different positions. But this guy has uh, 25 points in 38 games last season, which is yes. fine. That That's okay. But, like, I, th- I think when you ran, like, the regression numbers, and that's that's accounting for every point in the KHL being worth three-quarters of a point in NHL, he's at best a 40-point player. Yeah, he's like a 40 to 45-point player. Which is already better than some of the guys we have on our fourth line right now. Like, we have Leo Komarov on our, sorry, third line. We have Leo Komarov playing third line minutes. So, if we get a guy that could potentially or arguably get 40 points, that's a step up. Right. And obviously, there's a lot that goes into this. Like, that's still a year away, and who knows what the heck happens in the next year. But I think we should start with just him in general changing his mind and wanting to come here. Because a year ago, it didn't really seem like he was all that interested in coming over. 
Yeah, because he said, well, I think it was uh, Bugard. I, I, that's not actually his name, but that's his Twitter handle, Bugard2. Uh, a reporter out, out in Russia was saying, had quoted uh, Golishev as saying, I'm not really looking for it. Uh, maybe in a year or two, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the exact words for the tweet. Uh, maybe in a year or two, I'll go. I just had a, my second child, so, you know, I'm not really in any rush. Which is like, okay, cool. It's not like your child situation is going to change in two years, specifically since you just had it. Uh, They will be three. And I understand a three-year-old, you could do more with a three-year-old than you can with a newborn. Even then, sometimes not, because a three-year-old is very disagreeable at times. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's better in in, in high... uh, at that point, but like it's hard to see how like his situation gets so much more better in three years, aside from the fact that he might be out of the KHL deal, and I believe he'll have the age where he could just come right into the league as a free agent and not have to get the ELC. Yeah, at that point, I would imagine so, right? He's 25 now, he just turned 25 in February, so by then he will be 26. So, yeah, he won't have to sign a single year ELC like Sorokin does. Interesting. Okay, yeah, so the age obviously is playing a factor in there. So he's not particularly a younger guy. Like, he will be 26 years old at that time if he does decide to come over here. Something else that is maybe a little problematic, he's only 5'8", 179 pounds. This isn't a big guy. He's not a big guy. He's just a bit bigger than I am in terms of just mass. Um, Like, maybe 10 pounds on me. Uh, maybe not, maybe 20. This is a good 20. I'm, I'm about 160. He's, he's about 180. Uh, but he's also 5'8", which I know, like you've mentioned before, like small guys, it doesn't mean that they can't do well just because of their size. It's just immediately when you have Zidane Chera coming over you, he's got a foot and a half on you. If not, yeah, a full foot. He's 6'7", isn't he? Like, that's hard yeah, to... Yeah, just to, about. That's a full foot plus whatever muscle that guy's carrying on top of you. Like, that's hard when you're going, because he's a winger, going down in the corners and Zidane Ochara's barreling down on you or other six foot four behemoths. Like, that's hard. That's not easy. No, it's certainly not. And, you know, there are exceptions to the rule here, but I just think that, I don't know, on the bigger ice surface, I feel like it's more it's more made for smaller players. I don't know if it's going to transition to the NHL. Does he play in a bigger size rink? Because I know that I the KHL so. has um, the current size of NHL team. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out because I know the KHL has a bunch of different sizes, right? They have like the Finnish size, the Olympic size, and then they have NHL size rinks. And I'm wondering if his team, Automobilist Yekaterinburg or Yekaterinburg cars, essentially, <laughs> um, have an NHL size rink. And I forget. There, there's, there's a, there was a, a handy kind of like graph at one point that showed all the teams, um, but like I can't find it right now. If I could find it on Twitter, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Oh wait, there I think I got it. Uh, come on, show me the graph. Oh my God, my internet is so damn slow. I don't know about you, it's been ridiculously yeah. slow the last couple of days. It has. I think just everyone being home and online, it's like everyone's internet has been awful. So they have a Finnish size rink. So it's 28 by 60, whereas like an NHL size rink where they have the Canadian flag here is 26 by 60. Okay, so really not that much of a difference. They don't play on a very – well, even then, when you're, when you're thinking like the difference between like a, a European size rink or like they, they say European, it's 30 by 60. So it's, you know, four feet. He's got another two feet, a foot on each side to play with. Not a whole lot. No, it's not a whole lot, but – uh, it's just something to keep in mind because you don't see many guys 5'8 in the league is the main point that I wanted to say. Absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. And it's not like this guy's coming over. Like, even Jan Kovar, right? Jan Kovar or Kovash, sorry, when he was coming over, he was a point-per-game player on average at the, at the KHL level. Didn't have a good season before coming over, but at least on average you can say he's a point-per-game player. Golishev is not. He's not a point-per-game player. Uh, and he plays with a pretty good... Um, I'm going to say center in the KHL with Nigel Dawes, you know, the former NHLer. He puts, right. Nigel Dawes puts a big points in the in the KHL. So will he still put up 40 points at the NHL level when he plays with third liners? I don't know. Maybe not. And there's no way to really tell. But I think the exciting, and I'm using exciting in air quotes, the intriguing, maybe that's a better word, thing about him is 
that one, he's interested in coming here, and two, it's not going to cost you a whole lot. And like, what's the difference if you give him a flyer on it, on bringing him in here for a year and seeing what happens? You're right. I, I think that's the biggest takeaway is that he's he's keen to come over because, like we mentioned, he didn't seem keen necessarily. Although he definitely left the door open for a 21, 22. Um, what's a, like come over? I can't right. think of a good word. Um, he definitely left the door open for that by saying, like, well, we'll see in two years' time. And here we are, a year out from that time, and he's saying, yeah, I'm looking for it. I'm, I'm looking for houses in New York. Uh, and that's a huge step forward, maybe not just in terms of the organization, but it's a huge step forward when you draft a guy in the fourth round, and now he's like, yes, I'm willing to come over. And it's just bring in the talent. Let's bring it all in. Let's see what we got, because it's great that he's out over there, but let's see what he actually has. And I, I, that's, what, that's what they're doing. Uh, and if they, they send, like, Kobash was $2 million, right? Correct. And he was a point-per-game player at the KHL level, again, which Golishev is not. You would imagine, even even if with inflation, let's say max $2 million contract for a year. Yeah, that's I'm fine. fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with taking a risk on that. Although, then again, Lou wouldn't sign Gusev for $4 million, right? So, who knows? I, but th- I feel like this is his own guy, though. True. Well, ish. He didn't draft yeah. him, right? Yeah. Tr- I got to imagine that he's been in contact with him, though. He, he must know something about them and something enough to say, like, yes, we'd be willing to meet you that. Because he's not just going to come over and say, like, I'm looking for houses, Lou. You better have a contract ready for me. No, I imagine he's had a discussion with Lou at some point or via their agents to decide what they want. I'm sure of it. Right. And at least we know that Barry Trotz can work with Russian players, too, because sometimes... Some coaches don't necessarily like to. Yeah, and Barry Trotz definitely uh, is fine with the Russians, right? Kuznetsov, Ovechkin. I'm sure there's other ones that I forget. Those are the main two that stick out to me, which uh, he had some success, I think is fair to say. I think so, yeah. So it's a good sign, and he's not the only one that's looking to come over, right? Like you mentioned before, Ilya Sorokin. We've received assurances from Lou, as close to an assurance as we can, that Sorokin's coming over this year. And even Robin Salo, defenseman taken second round in 2017, our first pick in 2017, uh, is saying, yeah, I'm looking to come over uh, if they'll have me. Yeah, I would imagine that he would come over soon, right? Well, so he's ready to come over next year. I don't see them saying no. And he's ready to play AHL. He even said that. I'm fine with playing in the AHL. Again, like he's playing in Finland, so AHL quality over Finnish quality is definitely, there, there's a higher there's a higher uh, talent level in the AHL than there is in Finland, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think so too. But that's just another guy that adds depth to the system. And another topic that we're going to be getting into in a little bit is questions on the blue line. So just adding more talent and depth in your organization is always a good thing. So I'm not going to complain about somebody who you don't necessarily know about. And I'm not saying like, oh, you know, pencil in for 40, definitely. But I just wanted to give the numbers that, yes, his pace and I'm using that in air quotes based on these projections is about a 40 point pace over an NHL season yeah and that's completely serviceable and maybe it gets better ah who knows but if not like even if you got a 25 point player that's still like Leo Komarov does that Leo Komarov assigned for three years uh, sorry yeah three years at three million dollars or sorry four years in total three million dollars a piece and to do that to do exactly that what's why not why not get our own version of Leo Komarov and pay him less? Yeah, I you're preaching to the choir here about guys like that, but uh, I think it's just something that we should look at as a potential bottom six option for the future. Again, it's not going to be for this upcoming year. It's going to be for the year after anyway. The whole team could look completely different by then, but it's just uh interesting thought for sure. Yeah, again, it's another player that's looking to come in. That's all that really matters is someone that said, yes, I'd be willing willing to come in. Sure, he's just a fourth-round pick, but that's that's just a guy that we're, we're trying to convert into a North American player. Great. Let's bring it in. Absolutely. Anything else on Golishev you want to get in here? I think I'm done on Golishev. All right, so when we come back, I hinted at it just a couple of seconds ago. We're going to talk about the future of the Islanders' blue line. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you talking New York Islanders hockey. And Mitch, we wanted to get into the Islanders blue line situation. You wrote a little bit about that this past week. So Yeah, uh, because just like every other area of our of the game, we, there's questions. Like, what do they do next year when it comes to the blue line? 
uh, because if anything, the blue line is probably going to be the most in flux for 2020, 2021. Can I find a, a different way of saying that? I hate saying like 2020, 2021. Can I just say 2021 and we'll all understand? I'll understand. Okay. I just hate adding that extra 220s. It's just so many more syllables. Blah. Uh, and I'll just, anyways, my mouth will stumble upon <laughs> it and I'll end up saying something dumb. Um, it's going to be in flux in, in, in next season uh, because when you look at, at the players that can move around, they have two guys that they could probably move to get to create some cap space that they'll desperately need to sign Barzal, Pulak, Taze, uh, and whoever else they want to bring in, Sorokin. Uh, two guys that they can move that have two of the biggest cap hits on the team, and that's Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk. Yes, and that is definitely something that I'm going to be looking at this offseason, especially because, I mean... It's almost to the point that we beat it to death, but I like the idea you bring it up all the time is trading Johnny Boychuk after July 1st, after he pay, gets paid that uh, signing bonus. It it makes sense, and I wrote something earlier this week that I could bring up in reference now. Dylan Strom is supposedly available from the Chicago Blackhawks. Would you trade Nick Letty straight up for Dylan Strom? I th- think I'd think about it. i definitely think about it, right? He's an RFA, is he not? Restricted free agent, 23, maybe? 22 or 23 years old? That makes sense to me. Dylan Strom, you said, right? It's Dylan like Strom. So many of them. Yep. He can play on the wing, mostly a center, but I would say he could play on the wing. Just turned 23 in March. Uh, 6'3", 201, so he's not a small kid. He's big. Plays center, shoots left. Um, and yeah, he's making 863 on the cap. Good old slide contract. So even then, like... You probably get him for less than that. He had a good season in Chicago, right? And then he had an okay season this year. Yeah, I think he was on pace for like 50-something points. So I, I think you get him maybe like a two-year, like, I don't know, $3 million, $4 million deal. Yeah, and, and if you're you're moving Nick Letty, then you're saving $2.5 million on the cap. Right, and that's the thing. Like, Letty, I agree can be turned into a trade chip potentially and I'd be okay losing him if you have all those other guys in the pipeline like Aho and um who did we just mentioned Salo there right um so when it comes to the the blue line and, and, and what makes Nick Letty expendable at this point uh, is really he's he's the one that has the the highest value first off he's got a huge contract maybe not huge that's 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 dramatic. He has a large cap hit at $5.5 million for the yep. next couple of years. Um, and he has the biggest trade value of all the players that are that the Islanders would be willing to move. Willing right? to like, move. Correct. Obviously, Taze and, and Pulak have the highest value of all the defensemen in there. Um, but they're not moving those guys. They're going to resign them because they're valuable and still quite young. Correct. Uh, I'm glad you prefaced it with of the movable pieces because I agree 100%. Ryan Pulak would probably be number one, but the Islanders aren't trading him. I would make the case for Devontae's being number two. The Islanders aren't trading him. But of the people that are willing to be moved, Letty makes sense. And I like him a lot, but he has not been the same since November 2018 or no, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Doug Waite's second, second full year or first full year. Full really. year, correct. Yeah. First and only full year. Yeah, but that, and even then, yeah, November, second November hit, end of November ish, just tanked. Like, it, it seemed like the second that, that Doug Waite was going, hey, you guys should consider this guy for the Norris. Nick Letty went, like, wait, what? Tank. I, it's crazy to think because he was on that kind of a start, too, and it just completely fell off. Yeah, he was putting up points like crazy. He had like 20 or something in the first like 30 or some odd games. I, I I feel it was insane. It was like, yeah, you know what, Doug? You got a point. And then Nick Letty just went, no, you don't, buddy. Minus 42 plus minus. Yeah, that was, that was rough. But he's gotten better under um, Barry, Barry Trotz. Trotz. I don't know why I just blanked on Barry Trotz's name. I don't I was picturing in my head Doug Waite and trying to say Barry Trotz, and it just nothing was computing. It's just Doug Waite with a bald head. <laughs> yeah, nothing was computing in my head as that was happening. That was weird. Um, but yes, I think Letty has gotten a little bit better. He's not the same player that he was when the Islanders first picked him up. But I think he's someone who another team in the league could look at and say, I can make this guy right. I could turn him back into that 40-point player and a solid D-man and put him in my top four. 
Yeah, and he's only 29, right? I think he just turned 29 in March, didn't he? Yeah, March 20th. Uh, he still has two more seasons on $5.5 million. And this is potentially a 40 to 50-point defenseman. Maybe 50-point is maybe stretching it, but he's he's eclipsed the 40-point mark at least once. Right. Uh, I believe twice even. Uh, like, he can put up points. Uh, he's a puck mover. He's one of the better skaters in the league. Uh, according to Barry Trotz, he's one of the fastest on the team, and we have technically the fastest skater in the league already. Yep. Um, so th- there's a lot of value there. And not only is there value that they can bring back, they being the Islanders, there's value that they can gain by moving that contract. Now, I understand Barry Trotz said at the beginning of the season after Nick Letty had the three-point game against the Senators, we're not moving him. But at a certain point, like even then, when you say that, that's just conjecture for the trade to just boost up the value because you have to move a guy like this. Because, yes, you can move Johnny Boychuk, but you might not even be able to do it this year because while, yes, he has a $2.75 million signing bonus that you have to pay this year on July 1, he also has one next year. So, like, right. sure, you're only uh, the team that's picked, that picks him up on July 2nd, 2020 would only have to pay him, I believe, a total of $5.5 million over the course of two seasons and enjoy $6 million cap in both of those years. But if you get one team to pick him, or a team to pick him up at the end of the 2020 21, so the 2021 season, they only have to pay one point, uh, God, what is the salary? 1.25, I believe. Right. Yes, $1.25 million for a $6 million cap hit. Oof. There you go. Eugene yeah. Melnick is licking his chops thinking about that. I was going to say, a team that is looking to reach the cap floor and doesn't have any actual cash is looking exactly for that. Exactly. So, like, while he is movable next year because of that, um, he's not. He's more movable in two years because of that very same fact. Exactly. Well, that makes that makes a ton of sense, and he's significantly older than Nick Letty. Right. Which then get, just gets back to the idea of like Nick Letty being the more valuable player to move. The only issue is that the Islanders don't seem to trust Thomas Hickey to run in as a number five defenseman or number six in this case, right? To play the left hand on the third pair every day. I forgot that he existed, if I'm being completely honest. They still have on, on a contract for another two years at $2.5 million. Thomas Hickey's had a lot go on in his life this year. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give him a pass on this year. Fine. I, I, I'm okay with that. At a certain point, he's going to come back, right? Like, I would imagine yeah. for the following season, the 2021 season, he'll be back. Um, which, do they then say, like, okay, we're going to move Nick Letty and bring Thomas Hickey in? I, I don't mind that idea at all. I like Thomas Hickey as a player. I think he's better than they give him credit for, um, but they clearly don't well, like him that much. See, I find that strange because for years, honestly, he was a serviceable third-pairing defenseman for the Islanders. Yeah, and, and he might still be, right? Like, you put him next to Noah Dobson, that's pretty cool. That, that Maybe not cool, but like that's a pretty good pairing, I would think. So a pairing that could maybe play 18 minutes. They might get hemmed into their own zone, but like so is Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk. <laughs> That's a very valid point. So like what are you, what are you really losing? You're gaining $3 million on the cap. So just by moving Letty and bringing Thomas Hickey in. How old is Hickey, by the way? 31. I'm saying that hesitantly. I know he's 31 today. I just wonder when he he just turned 31 in February. Okay. So I just wasn't sure if he had like a summer birthday or something like that. That's why I was hesitant. Got you. I still think he could play in the NHL. So do I. And, and maybe the Islanders actually think that. And they just, when they look at, well, we have Letty and you, we're going to play Letty. And if we don't have Letty, then we will play you. And we can't, we can't keep you on the roster because it doesn't make sense to keep eight defensemen. So we're right. going to send you somewhere and get some game time. And unfortunately, injuries happened. Right. And then and some other even season. more terrible things. Correct. So, yeah. I I mean, just looking back on his 2017-18 season a couple of years ago, he had 25 points in 69 games the year before that, 20 points in 76 games, playing 17 and a half minutes, 18 minutes. Heck, even last year before he got hurt in 40 games, he was playing 18-30 a night. They I, liked I, him enough to play him 18 and a half minutes a night, Mitch. Yeah, like, right? I, I could see them moving Nick Letty because they have Thomas Hickey there. Um, I'm just not confident in that assessment on my part because I'm still not 100% sure that they are willing to move Hickey. But that's one of the questions that we have for the blue line. There's, so there's three questions that we're trying to answer in this whole section is, what do they do with Nick Letty? Is he still trade bait? And I think we've answered that and said yes. Yes. So the next one is, is 
Johnny Boychuk trade bait for the reasons we've already listed? I'd say less than Letty, but I guess still yes. I think what gives him more trade, I'm not going to use value, but uh, what forces the Islanders' hands and putting him on the trade market is Noah Dobson. Okay. What the hell? Which is really the the next question as well, so we can kind of do the the two at once. What the hell do they do with Noah Dobson next year? I think he's got to play. So, but then where does he play? I would play him on the third pair. So my my question there was a little facetious. I, I wanted to see where you would naturally go here. Does he play in the NHL or does he play in the AHL? Okay. Because I what s- they do with Johnny Boychuk will answer that question. I guess. I would I'd have a hard time sending him down to the AHL next year after what he's shown me this year. I think he has gotten better, and the game that sticks out in my mind is the game against Carolina. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, but I don't think Barry Trotz does. Okay, how come? Well, he doesn't play him every night. He could. He doesn't. Do you think that's Barry or do you think that's Lou? I 1,000% think that that's Barry. It's not to say that I don't think that, uh, that I think that they don't agree with each other. I think, sorry, I should say it this way. It's both of them. Okay. I didn't know if that was like something that where it was like coming down from the top, like, oh, you got to play uh, whoever, you know? No. No, I think they both agree who's playing every other night, and while there's there's going to be fluctuations that Lou's not you know signing off on every single roster move in terms of every game, they know what they're trying to do, and they know what the overall strategy is down to the, the individual player. Uh, but I would imagine next year, if they keep Johnny Boychuk, because again, he has a $2.75 million signing bonus this year and next year, if they keep him, then I would have to think that they're not going to keep Noah Dobson here to play maybe 30 games, right? He played 34 games this year, and that's because Adam Pellick missed almost half the season. I don't, I don't think Boychuk's going to play as much if they do keep him. I can't maybe. see them... I Sorry to cut you off. I just that's can't fine. see them say, saying, okay, you're good enough to make the NHL this year. And I know the whole thing, like he couldn't, he physically couldn't play in the AHL this year. It was either the NHL or go back to junior, but I just, I can't see them being like, okay, I, you played f- 34 games in the NHL last year, but this year, nah, you're going to the AHL, buddy, sorry. But you can send him. They, they, they were talking about sending him to the AHL anyways this year, right, to get a two, two-week conditioning stint? I guess. That was the plan. If not for injuries, he would have gone, I'm sure. Um so I'm not saying he should go to the AHL, but if if the stra- if they're keeping Johnny Boychuk and they're still going to roll him out as the primarily number six defenseman, then you have to make the argument that like, well, then you got to send Noah down to get him some playing time. You got to. I guess so. I-, I think he stays in the NHL, but my only hesitation there is that I don't know what they're doing with Johnny Boychuk, and I don't know if he can they can necessarily trade him this year. While he does have that $2.75 million signing bonus that I keep harping on, he has one next year. So while a team like the Ottawa Senators will go like, yay, we'll bring him in this year and we'll have him on the books for $6 million and only have to pay him one point two five, next year we still have to pay him a full $4 million for the $6 million cap hit. Okay, well, what about this? Yeah. So your top two pairs, we could agree, is Pelic Pulak, Taze Mayfield. That's it. That Nothing's changing with that, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. Let's say you trade Letty, and your rotation of your bottom pair and seventh D-man is Hickey, Boychuk, Dobson. And the three, the two who play and the one who is sitting, it's it changes. So everyone ends up playing like, I don't know, 40 to 50 games. The only issue is you got left two, one lefty and two righties. Yeah, so sometimes you play. Well, Boychuk and Dobson played on a pair already this year. They're not. They did, and they didn't end well, right? Like they don't want to have to introduce Noah Dobson into the, in the NHL by playing his offhand. But he has for most of this year because he had to, right? Like there was no other way to get him in the lineup because they they were short. So like, okay, well we got to put you in, bud. I guess so. I just if they're looking to build confidence, why would you put a kid on his on his off off wing? Why would you do that? That's not a confidence building move. You put him in the cushiest position possible. That's a confidence building move. I agree with you, but if they did it at 19, then why not do it at 20? 
maybe maybe i'm i'm arguing what i think it could happen um although it, it all depends on what they do with boychuk this year Noah Dobson, to me, Noah Dobson's future in the NHL this year is directly linked to how it, it directly linked to them keeping Boychuk or not. And that makes sense because of the amount of righties that they have. Like Pulak's not going anywhere. We said Mayfield's not going anywhere. And then for that last spot, theoretically, it could be Boychuk Dobson. Yep. Yeah, and I'd be fine with that. And if so, if they, well, I, I would be personally fine with that. But I don't want to see him play like thirty-four games again. You're like, well. Come on, man! You can bring put him in the AHL, let him play seventy games. That that's huge. That's huge for his development. Anyone's development that hasn't yet played in the NHL. Yeah, I. It's a tough situation. It really is. It's not easy. It is, and this is why we're getting into this because it's it's a lot of big ticket questions. Like, what do you do with your your future top pair defenseman going into his second year in the league? What do you do with the guy that you're paying the most on your blue line in terms of AAV? And what do you do with the guy that you said wasn't tradable that you probably have to trade? Okay, new plan. Yep. You trade both Dobson and Boychuk and resign fan favorite Travis Hamnick for pennies. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with the last part. I'm not fine with doing the first part to get the last part. I know, I know. I was being facetious. <laughs> but, I, I if, oof, man, oh, if we find ourselves with a gap on the right-hand side. Please. I love Hamannick. So do I. I'm just not sure he's ready to come. Agree. Agreed. But anything else on the blue line situation? I, I feel like we're kind of talking ourselves in circles here. It's good problems to have. Like, there's yeah. no bad... We're not talking ourselves and asking these questions because, like, oh, my God, we need answers because if we don't, the blue line's going to be terrible. We're looking at this blue line because there is value in that blue line and because it's the only place that we can make movement or, or move the needle forward. Like, you're aside from moving Andrew Ladd for, for whatever, it's just not going to work. Like, no one's going to take Andrew Ladd unless we take a bad contract with it. No, yeah, there's no shot. So, or we, we give off some of the assets that we're looking to use in the league next year anyway. So, like, it, we're not any further ahead. Bellows. Yeah, exactly. So. Not great. All right, next, let's get into the Barry Trotz interview. So, Barry Trotz hopped on radio station this week and gave some juicy tidbits, and we want to talk a little bit about some of his comments from this week. So, what was some of the things that stood out to you the most? Uh, want, there, there are stars down the line. That's the biggest one for me. Okay. So he talked about someone asked him, "Would you rather stars or a team of workhorses, like people who you know the blue collar teams?" And obviously he's going to say stars because who in their right mind is going to say, "No, no, I don't want your OVs, I don't want your Crosbys. Give me Casey Zizekas times twenty, please." No, I mean, everyone wants a Casey Zizekas, but they also want a Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. I can tell you that right now. And if they don't, they don't want an OV or Crosby, that's because they're not coaching in the NHL. They're probably not coaching in any reputable league whatsoever. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, what were you expecting him to say? Kind of, And he almost, like, chuckled at, not, like, laughing at, pointing and laughing at the question, but just kind of like, well, yeah, like, obviously, like, I want the best players. Yeah, why would I? No, I don't want OV, and it was an awful thing. Like, I hated coaching OV because he was such a diva. No, and we knew that wasn't the case while we're seeing it live. We saw it unfold live that, yes, Ovi may have been a diva at times, but when Barry came in, boom, right in the ship, it felt like it was like a military dictatorship, just boom. You want a strong man? I am a strong man. It felt like, and Ovi responded. Yeah, yeah 100%. It, it really did feel like that. And I, so with the stars thing, who is the stars down the line that he was talking about? I don't know, but I'm going to assume he's talking about Bellows, Dobson, and Wallstrom. That's, a, that's the ones I'm thinking. Are there any ones that you think might be added to the list? Sorokin, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Yes, absolutely, Sorokin. But, like, I don't think he's talking about Anthony Beauvillier blossoming into a star. He already said Matt, he already considers Matt Barzal a star, so yep. he wasn't talking about him. I don't think you're going to find, like, Jordan Everly becoming a star at 32 years old or Anders Lee at that age. I just – I think when he's saying, like, there's guys with star potential, it's – the names that came to my mind in order were probably Wallstrom, Bellows, Dobson, Sorokin in that order. Right. The the piece that I wrote was um, – oh, God. Dobson, Sorokin, Walsh, honorable mention Bellows. I don't know why I blanked on Sorokin, but that, that's the order that I had it in. We have the same ones, just a little different order. 
Um, but there, there isn't really anyone else. Like he, he never really got to see Bodie Wild. Um, Simon Holmstrom has been in the AHL, and who knows? Looking oh, good. Like he can't it, stay healthy. True, but you know he played. He's played more games this year than he played last year in all competitions. Okay. So there's like he played 46 games and he played 42 games in total two years before that or the year before this uh, in both both for HV71 and for Team Sweden. So that's huge. Uh, just for his development. But outside of those, all those players, he's not talking about Josh Hosang. That's for damn sure. Oh, how could we forget? <laughs> Del Cole. Oh, of course. Michael Del Cole. Future star Michael Del Cole. I hope so. I hope to God that's who Barry Trotz was talking about. Because I would love for that to happen. I would love for Gus to slide into your DMs and be like, Meh, the second Michael Del Cole scores 20 goals in the NHL. 20 goals to start. Star power? No, if if he turns into a it's thirty at least goal player, top six, all right, Matt. Okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. If he turn, if he's like a fifty point player, like and not just like, lol, I'm a fifty point player once, and now I'm gonna go back to seventeen, but like significant fifty point, I will gladly write a, a blog every single day that I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Perfect, I, and I hope that happens too. Like that would be yeah. great. That, if I could get pie in the face because Michael Del Cole wasn't a bust, great. Awesome. What's the worst? That, like, oh, people are gonna get at me, or or you on Twitter and be like, oh, you were wrong. Like that, you said that player sucks, and now they're good. Are we gonna be mad about that? No. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good for our team. Fantastic. I'm just saying that based on what I have seen and how I think he's going to project, I don't think it's good. And th- that's all we've ever said here. No, it doesn't look like it's trending in the right direction. But yes, we'll see. We will see. Like, hopefully he has some sort of Josh Bailey turnaround where when he turns like 27, just boom, it clicks and he starts popping in 50 points. But even then, he's not even hitting, even hitting the 30 to 40 points that uh, Bailey was hitting. So who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. But definitely the stars... Wallstrom for sure. Like, there's no question yeah. about. Like, obviously, he didn't say this, but like, he can't not be talking about Wallstrom, right? I feel like, and the reason why I had him one. Sorokin. Okay, I might have spoke too soon. So Sorokin, but he's a goalie, and I put goalies in their own class. Yeah. Goalies, you know are, goalies are vo- goalies. Goalies are voodoo. We have no idea how they'll end up. Like, they could have great stats now, and then all of a sudden just tank. It'd be awful. Yeah. So when I was thinking more of the three that you initially said with. Dobson, Bellows, and Wallstrom. To me, I think Wallstrom has the highest ceiling of those because he has traits where I think he could be like a consistent 30-plus goal scorer in this league. Wow, really? Okay. I I, I would put Bellows up – or sorry, Dobson higher, but um, I, I'm, it's not to say that I don't think he could score 30. It's I see him as a 20-goal scorer. Um, but but may, I, I could be wrong, obviously. I, I hope I'm wrong. It's just what I've seen. It's the, the fact that he. I'm stumbling over words here. The fact that he has to learn the team game is a huge red flag for me. Just kind of like okay. you shouldn't have to learn that now, even though you're only 19 years old. But you should already know how to do that. That's that's going to be tough. So he's yeah. not getting into the league until he's 20, 21. Right. I. I think yeah, I think you're looking at, at another year in the AHL for sure. Yeah. So when when and maybe he becomes like a significant goal threat. I just with that in mind, it already kind of taints to me um, the ceiling. It lowers it a bit to be like uh, it can't be that high if he didn't if he doesn't even know how to play the team game. Like whatever analysis you had of him, like yeah, he's got a great shot, but he can't apply it because he can't play the team game. Maybe once he learns that and he he applies that to it. We'll see, but I, as far as it stands now, I, I'm, I've knocked him down a peg, and I, I put Dobson over top of that just because of what Barry Trost can do with defensemen. Okay, see, I think I go the exact opposite logic in that, where you can't teach the raw talent, but you can teach someone how to play the game. Sure. I, I think where I'm going with this is that you can lose the ability to use your raw talent because you're too focused on the team game, something you're not comfortable with. Just look at Michael Del Cole, right? Like he was an incredible scorer at the at the OHL level, and then outside of that, just wasn't clicking. Aside from one year in the A, right? Okay, yeah, I think it's kind of like the chicken and the egg argument at that point. But yeah, for we'll, sure, we'll, we'll never, we'll never, we're 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 running perpendicular arguments where it's like we we just can never meet in the middle. 
because it's just never going to happen. Right. But those for sure are the three names. Another thing that he brought up that I think we should get into is him saying that he thought he was overcoaching at times this year. Yeah. And the reason for that was because how heavily they relied on their fourth line and that they almost never played t- together fully healthy, those three guys. It's true. So Andrew Gross brought that up a couple days after the the podcast with or the radio hit with Sportsnet, and he spoke to Barry Trotz, and he brought that up again. Uh, and so they were together, the three, so uh, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin, were on the ice simultaneously for 19 games this year. Um and the Islanders, when they when those three guys weren't there, at times Barry Trotz said that we tried to get the team to play a more offensive style, and it didn't work at all. Like, sorry, it it did, but they uh, improved by point three goals four per game. Right, but the goals against was became the issue. Yeah, well, exactly. They they were, I think they were losing more frequently, so they were putting up point six one points per game with the identity line and 0.587 points per game without them. Meanwhile, playing more offense. So the more offense was not resulting in more wins. And that's what Barry Trotz is saying is that we were trying to do something we're not necessarily good at. Right. um, And it didn't work. Maybe we should have just done more of the things we did better. We we do well. And that's play more defense, which is hard to think what they do would work if they did it more, right? Like give them the puck more frequently and we'll win. (laughs) Well, when you break it down like that, sure. Um, I think, see, the thing for me was that they were bringing in these guys into the lineup who weren't then more offensive. Like, it's not like you put together a a line with Pajot, Bellows, and Wallstrom and said, hey, you know what, we're just going to go balls to the wall, offense heavy here. It was, okay, well, Leo Komarov, you're going to play in the top six some nights. And you're just like, well, how could this possibly be more offensive? Let's see if you can put in, you know, at a 20-goal at a clip, Leo Komarov. No, that's not how it works. Ross Johnson on the top pair. You could be a 20-goal scorer. Clark Gillies put up a ton of points. Ross the boss, get in there. No, that's not how it works anymore. Not the same, no. It's not the same. Um, so, like, it's just, yeah, you're right. Like, they didn't, they didn't put in pieces to... Uh, accentuate the strategy they are rolling. Even when they did, when they brought in Kiefer Bellows, all right, Bellows, let's go third line. All right, I got to carry these dead weights around, Michael Dalcole and um, Derek Brassard all night. And it worked. It worked for a couple of games until it didn't dead, because yeah. they're dead weight. And there's only so much that a guy playing his, what, like fifth NHL game could do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, like he's he's learning instructions from the bench boss and the other bench bosses. Meanwhile, lugging around Brassard and Michael Del Cole's dead husks around the ice and trying to score goals. And then it's like, oh, well, you didn't, so back to the A. And you're like, <laughs> what do you want me to do, man? Do <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm doing back here? Sorry, man. Other guys do it. You're like, Gah! Uh, it's not easy. It certainly isn't easy. And same thing for Wallstrom when he, when he got in the lineup, right? But it really all comes back to, they don't have that fourth line and they're done. They're toast, right? Like we got to try something else, guys. We're taking on too much water. We don't have the fourth line. That we've joked about it all year long, but uh, truly this team is built around the fourth line and Adam Bellick. It is. It is. And while that in and of itself is great, you know, like it, because if, if you can win games because you're playing a style because your fourth line and your, your number one defensive defenseman is on the lineup, you can accentuate that when you bring in more talent because that doesn't inhibit those guys on the fourth. From doing their thing. Correct. And Adam Pellick from, yes, doing their thing. It just accentuates what you weren't doing, or maybe not accentuates, but it, it makes what you weren't doing well better in terms of scoring damn goals. So that that's great going forward, except for the fact that, like, I don't know, Matt Martin is out of a contract and may not come back. Um, Casey Zekas is 29. And uh, Cal Clutterbuck is 32 and a half million years old. Just 32. Right. It's like, how much longer can this go on? That's the thing. Yeah. And can you find replaceable parts? Like, we've talked about it before with Ross Johnson and Matt Martin. Like, while they do kind of play the same style, I wouldn't expect you can plug Matt, Ross Johnson into Matt Martin's spot with Casey Zekas and Cal Clutterbuck and have the same effect. Well, no, because of the years of chemistry. That's really the main difference. Exactly. So, like, 
we'll see next year how this works out. If they don't, if they they're so reliant on this fourth line now, what's going to happen next year if they don't keep Matt Martin? I don't know. Maybe they just sign Matt Martin for like the league minimum. He just wants to stay because he loves one Long Island and two those two other guys he plays with. Probably, and that would be great. I, I'd, I'd be all for it. I'd be if we had the cap space to just keep him at the two and a half, but we obviously don't have that cap space. No, I don't know. give him eight hundred thousand dollars and say keep doing your thing, Maddie. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, anything else from Barry Trotz's interview you want to hit on? No, that's about it. It's just great to hear from the coach again. It's just always, always words of wisdom anytime he comes on the mic. Absolutely. So let's get into this quiz, Mitch. I'm going to hit the music. So as I hinted, this is a player who's played 38 games for the New York Islanders because we're in podcast number 138. We're changing it up just a little bit. So instead of asking you three questions about an already known player, I'm going to ask you five progressively easier questions to try to get you to guess this player. So here we go. These aren't only Islanders facts. These are facts about the player who happened to play 30 games for the Islanders. Anyways, question number one. He was born in 1965 and was undrafted. He joined the league, so his first year in the league was in 1986-87. Do you know who I'm talking about? If not, you can just say skip. Skip. Question number two. He played for five different teams, including the Capitals, the Flyers, and was on the New York Islanders in the 2000-2001 season. Oh, you can just say next instead of skip. That sounds negative. Next. Next. Three. He played a total of 1,054 NHL games with 159 points and 3,149 penalty minutes. Cairns? Incorrect. That's fine. Keep on guessing. Uh, Question number four. I recently, or he recently became a head coach in the NHL. So a guy that, you know, played a rough game, started in 86, traveled around as an NHL coach. Skip. I recently, I won the Stanley Cup last year. Really? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Well, I wasn't, I'm, I obviously can't come up with a blues name right the blues coach name right now for god knows what reason but go ahead hit me craig berube i forgot he was an islander he played in the 2000 2001 season uh had 38 games with the islanders 54 penalty minutes was a minus five and two points yes yeah, so not great clearly well his most offensive season was 18 points in 89 90 like this guy wasn't putting up points he was putting up no. penalty minutes <laughs> That was his gimmick. 305 penalty minutes in 93-94. In 84 games. Wow. That's a lot. Again, 3,149 penalty minutes total in 1,054 NHL games. (laughs) That's a lot. Guy had a lot of time to study while in the penalty box, I guess. I I mean, I certainly (laughs) guess so. Absolutely. Uh, so when we come back, what we're going to do is get into the social segment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 138. We're talking social segment now. Mitch, what do you got? Uh, 13 years ago, the New York Islanders made the playoffs in another Easter epic where they beat the um, New Jersey Devils in overtime thanks to uh, Wayne Dubowitz's heroics the and stopping Sergey Berlin. Yes, I remember watching that game, and I wasn't really big into hockey at that time. But I really, I remember, like, whoa, like that—that that was one how, that they scored to tie up the game, literally, like as the clock was expiring, and then that poke check was just forever live in my mind. Right, because uh, John Madden scored at nineteen fifty nine to tie the game. The Islanders mm-hmm. were up two one with two Richard Park goals, yep. and then Madden scored at fifteen forty seven, and then again at nineteen fifty nine. Gross. That, that's that's wild. Yeah. So that's my first one. What do you got? I got two, three more after that. Okay. So my first one is another Matt Martin video. And this time he is shooting pucks at Jax. And Jax is in net. And you, I got to tell you, no, uh, tennis balls, not pucks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no um, teeth afterwards. Yeah. 
I think he did a pretty good job stopping those. Obviously, he wasn't shooting 100%. It was more for laughs, but he was getting in there and knocking him away. He was definitely – my dog would not at all. No. Uh, he, he probably wouldn't be that interested. Although, it's a tennis ball, so maybe. But after one or two, he just kind of like, I get this game. I get what you're trying to do here. Uh, right. Bored. But no, Jax was doing a good job uh, getting a shot stopper there. So that's some good practice. And it's a good way to get him to run around. Like you got a bunch of balls, get him right, get him left, jumping around, sniffling on the ground. It's a good job. Absolutely. Uh, mine is from at board. My next one is from at board. Jason. Uh, so this is all on Twitter, obviously. It says government, please work from home. Me, sure. And it's a picture of Belmont. It's going to be his new home. Is Belmont. So I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Obviously, Belmont. It's not built but it's a, it's a picture of the construction and it's uh and i can't wait till that's done that's gonna be amazing i know i can't wait to see that arena for sure so yeah that's my, uh, that's my second one what do you got my next one is from the new york islanders twitter account and today they tweeted out their daily challenge or no yesterday excuse me they tweeted out their daily challenge and said the first player first Isles player you screenshot would be your quarantine buddy until hockey is back go and Matt Barzell got Jordan Everly and he tweets, lucky me. Yeah, but did you see Jordan Everly's response? What did he say back? Unlucky me. <laughs> <laughs> I love some Gary on Gary action right there. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so apparently Matt, uh, Matt Barzell loves to chirp and loves to get it back. And that's exactly what, what's happening here. Uh, did you see the chirp from, um, I forget Dennis Seidenberg's wife's first name. Anyways, uh, she chirped him uh, talking about Noah Dobson to Newsday. Really? So, like, Noah picks up after himself, and Matthew Barzal just expected everyone to pick up after him. Really? <laughs> it's great. That's funny. <laughs> uh, my next one before last is from Kyle Scheinberg, uh, who tried to get us with a, 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 nice, a nice post here on Twitter saying, Breaking! In a surprise move, the Islanders and Toronto have negotiated a deal involving the return of former captain John Tavares to Long Island. Sources say unofficial deal includes Kiefer Bellows and several future draft picks. Added eyes on Isles, yourself, myself, hashtag Isles. And I have to ask you, Matt, why do you hate John Tavares so much? <laughs> Meanwhile, Pierre Turgeon was not included in that thing you did today. No, no one, okay. No one, no, a few comments, but no one, no one raised enough hell to be like, why is this? disingenuous sorry carrie i just i couldn't i couldn't like come on man just it's just a fun wednesday thing so if you don't know what we're talking about i did this thing because what it's quarantine and there's literally nothing else to do there is nothing to talk about so there's all these gimmicks on twitter where it's like you have x amount of dollars make your starting lineup or whatever so i did you have 18 dollars make your starting lineup and i have obviously defensemen in there goalies centers wingers so I have for goalies five bucks gets you Billy Smith four Chico Resch three Rick DiPietro two Thomas Grice one uh, Kelly Rudy then obviously for wingers you have Bossy for five bucks Gillies for four Tanelli for three Palfi for two Bailey for one D men you got uh, five bucks for Potvin four for Morrow three for Pearson two for Johnson one for Pulak. Five for Trottier, centers now. Four for LaFontaine, three Barzal, two Yash and Franz Nielsen. Now, I left off John Tavares for a reason. And I just didn't, I, this was just fun, right? This yeah. was just really supposed to be fun. Like you said, there was no Pierre Tergeron. There was no Bobby Nystrom, the guy who won the Islanders, their first Stanley Cup. I can't include Everyone. every single player to ever play for the New York Islanders on this list. I picked... I what I I can't do math. Twenty Islanders. Five times four is twenty. What's That's it? correct. One, two, three, four. Yeah, twenty Islanders in their entire history. People are gonna get left off the list. Yeah. Why am I gonna put someone on there who no one's gonna pick? And then I'm gonna get chirped for even having them on the list. It makes zero. Sense. It was a lose lose for me. It Moral was. of the story: Don't make content. That's what we're <laughs> gonna do. We're just gonna sit <laughs> quietly at home and do nothing. Just stare at the wall. No fun. No sports, nothing. That's, I think, the solution here. That is correct. How dare you have fun, Matthew? And it's not just – it wasn't just Kerry. I singled it out just because that was the more, more visible one. But there's other ones. And, and Kerry got it too. Like, he liked the comment afterwards going, like, yeah, you know what? I realized it's just for fun. He knows. We all know. There's a lot of comments out there, though, like, ah, you didn't do this. Or, what, Rudy had a dollar? Oh, my God. Yeah, God. Yes, it's just for fun. It's just for fun. It's Wednesday. That's what I, that's what I mean. That's just – Make your own bleeping list, then. I don't know what you want me to do. Right. 
Do you have another one? Or do you um, have one? I did, but that really threw me off. I don't know where I was going to go. That do you want me to bring right. mine up and you can bring yours? Yes. Okay, so on March 31st, NHL and NBC said, where does the New York Rangers and New York Islanders rivalry rank among the best in the game? Obviously pretty high. Yes. Apparently Cameron Farley at Cameron Farley 17 says, not even a blip on the radar. Do we even call this a rivalry? Excuse the what? Look, even if you're not I'm from sorry, New York, what? you know this is a rivalry just because of geography. Correct. And also, by the way, an anniver- I remembered what it was. There's an anniversary coming up in two days of Kenny Morrow advancing the New York Islanders to the next round in the playoffs against the New York Rangers in 1984. Like, this is a rivalry. It's a big deal. Just because of geography. Look, Ottawa-Toronto, big deal. The Battle of Alberta because of Calgary and Edmonton. Like, you have those. Like, Tampa and Florida, maybe not a huge rivalry, but to them, clearly. Even just the guy, the, the teams in California. The LA teams, LA and Anaheim. It's a big rivalry. That's what what that's what they do because they're geogra- geographically close together. Even if you're not from New York, you know this is a big rivalry. And then if you add to the fact that these teams have been at each other since 1972 because they're literally in each other's backyard, this is a big rivalry. Sure, maybe it's not the biggest one because it hasn't been around forever, but it's a pretty damn big one. That's for damn sure. No, yeah, there's probably others up high on this list, but it's up there. And especially because they met in the playoffs too. It's not like they don't have any playoff history together either. That's right. They, they still sing a song from a player who retired over 30 years ago. They still sing Danny Potbane sucks. That happened 30 years ago, 30 plus. Wasn't it like 38 years ago that he, uh, it was at Ulf Nielsen. I don't know. Uh, I forget the player who he injured, who even then that player said it was a clean hit. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's, it seems ridiculous that people are like, is this even a rivalry? Are you even a person? Yes. Yes, this is a rivalry. Ridiculous. Absolutely. My last one was actually from Isles Territory. So obviously we are in a social distancing situation, but it was his younger brother's birthday, and a bunch of people drove by. They were supposed to go to the Islanders game, but instead they drove by with like Islanders gear hanging out the window. Really cool moment. Yeah, that's cool. You like to see that during quarantine. And they did it They did it right while driving by. Like, I still see people here like, oh, we'll just come and hang out and, and you know, go for a walk. There's, like, six of them. Oh, it's fine. And they go with, like, kids. And what, what are you thinking? Like, the grandparents are there picking up the kids. What do you think is happening? Oh, I'm just picking up their coat. They're, they're still right there. They're, they're kids. Do you not think that they have droplets on their coat? Do you know what kids do? They just ooze and leak body fluids from their nose and their mouth. It's everywhere. They put everything in their mouth and they put that on everything. It's ridiculous. Don't touch them. So they, they did this right through just driving by and be like, happy birthday. And then the jerseys and whatnot. Just good job by everyone all around for that. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, was that it for you on socials? That is it. All right, so just going to get a couple plugs in here before we go, but I just wanted to end on that note. I thought that was good and then apropos for what we're dealing with right now. That's right. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. So uh, it really helps us out, especially in times like this when uh, you know there's no hockey to talk about. Really, it's it's can be a bit of a struggle for us, and Mitch does this full-time. I do this part-time but still it's you know a big deal for us so we really appreciate all the love and support that you guys do show us uh you could also follow along with us on social media at eyes on aisles fs on twitter my twitter account is matt o'leary ny mitch's is at tlo mitch you could like our facebook page facebook.com slash eyes on aisles you could download our app eyes on aisles app available for iphone or android visit the website eyes on aisles.com and lastly, if you're interested in the Patreon, we still are giving out content over there. We have all kinds of stuff, Mitch. We have newsletters. We have live streams. We have podcasts. Pretty much anything you want. It's a community of Islanders fans, and we just chat over there. It's a good time, man. Like, yeah, live chats on YouTube, live streams. We're playing video games while people are watching. It's, it's a great, good old time, so get up in there. Absolutely. So for now, we're going to leave it with that. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode number 138. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time.
Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals 24. That's Chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.